Welcome to The Awardist, a podcast from Entertainment Weekly that takes you inside this year's Emmy race with interviews, analysis, and more. Hi, I'm Sarah Rodman, Executive Editor at Entertainment Weekly Magazine. And I'm Kristen Baldwin, TV critic at Entertainment Weekly. And this is it, y'all. The Emmys are this week. Can you believe it? TV's biggest night. And yet, as Kristen and I were just discussing, it doesn't feel like a week before the Emmys, does it? <laughs> it really doesn't. It feels simultaneously like a hundred years ago and a hundred years in the future. I don't really know how, but quarantine has done that to me. Yeah, no, it's very confusing. Like, I'm trying to think of what we would like normally be doing at this time a week before the Emmys. And I'm not sure that I'm actually doing anything different. It just feels so weird. EW would be having an event. Yes, we'd be having a big party. We'd be, be dealing with that. We'd be going to, you know, other events. There'd be all sorts of, you know, gatherings and basically you know. it's the free food we're missing is what you're saying. Oh, I miss the free food. <laughs> it's rough that somebody else cooked for us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so we're just going to have to have our own Emmy parties. For those of you who have quarantine bubbles, we hope that you are all going to be able to gather safely. I will be gathering, obviously, Kristen and I with our colleagues here on the Zoom to uh, watch the show. And we think, Kristen, in the last couple of weeks, has anything changed in terms of the horse race aspect of the Emmys about who we think is going to win? You know, it's interesting. I was looking through some of the, you know, predictions that are out there. And one of the categories that I feel like is maybe shaping up to be an interesting, very interesting horse race is actress in a drama. Mm. You know, it really was the key contenders there. Olivia Coleman from The Crown, Jennifer Aniston from The Morning Show, Laura Linney from Ozark. Now it really seems like maybe Jennifer Aniston has the momentum, but like, it's almost like tied for second with Olivia and, and Laura. It really could go any of those three. Yeah. I think that Laura Lenny has had a big come up as people have been binging Ozark and finally getting to this season, mm-hmm. which apparently for those who have watched Ozark has been the most outstanding of the seasons. And she has a big season this season. Yeah. So I think as people catch up, that is helping. I think that there has been sort of less talk about the crown since it's been a while. And I don't know. I mean, I'm still personally pulling for Jennifer Aniston, but I'm starting to feel like Lenny breathing down her neck. Yeah. I mean, I would love for it to be Jennifer Aniston as well. I think she gave a really great performance, but I mean, it's a very strong category overall. I like the fact that there's a little mystery there. And you were also saying that you think that there might have been some movement in the limited series actor category. Yes. You know, it seemed initially that Hugh Jackman uh, for Bad Education, the HBO movie, was really kind of the leader of the pack. And that was a movie that was going to be theatrically released before HBO bought it. When it was shown, I believe, at TIFF, people were saying he was giving an Oscar-worthy performance. But now it seems like there's a little chaos happening. You know, he's a frontrunner, but Mark Ruffin who played twins, one of whom has mental illness, which, you know, that's like Emmy bingo. Also random Paul Mescal from Normal People. Yeah, that's like out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's very handsome. He got to play, you know, a very handsome, very horny, very sad young man. And I guess people enjoyed it. And what a winning combination that is, especially right now. Handsome, horny and sad. <laughs> if I was a man, that's how you would describe me right now. <laughs> So it does seem like there could be an upset of some kind there. Although, again, you know, this is an interesting season because I do feel like it's even hard to know 
other than Watchmen and Regina King, nobody feels like a real established frontrunner because there just haven't been the types of conversations and mm-hmm. events and, and visibility in campaigning, don't you think? Yeah, I think it's weird that one of the big shifts this year because of the pandemic is just the disruption of FYC in general, even yeah. though we as Entertainment Weekly are doing our posts and, you know, this podcast and many people are participating in ways they would have. There are so many outlets that are not available specifically for voters to yeah. gather out and come here. Creators and costumers and actors speak and the energy around the Emmys in general is just so murky that I yeah. feel like that's affected the races in a way. I feel like there might be a lot more sort of just like name recognition checkoffs this year. It's interesting because I feel like the quarantine and the pandemic could mean that voters are just so sort of having a hard time focused and discombobulated like so many of us are that they're just not able to focus on anything and they'll Mm -hmm. check the boxes of the names they know, you know, or the shows they've heard of. On the other hand, it could mean that they've had nothing but time to watch everything and they've, you know, really delve deep into all these categories and we could see some fresh blood. It's just hard to know. But I do think the lack of those viral uh, Jimmy Fallon beer pong moments with people, you know, the talk shows and the red carpet photos of these events and all of that, like everything else, it's taken a backseat to what's going on in the world. In the real world, which is, you know, there's such an entertaining fire happening outside. Why Mm -hmm. would we be watching television? But I will say I got a chance to talk to Jimmy Kimmel recently, who is our host for the show this year and has hosted two times previously. And he was talking a little bit about what his approach is going to be. And it's funny. He said that we were talking about how they're holding the show in the Staples Center this year, which, of course, is an enormous arena where the Lakers play and rock bands play. And it's just going to be him. There's not going to be any audience except for the skeleton crew that they're going to have there. But of course, as he pointed out, they need to use a venue that size in order for the crew to be safely socially distanced from one another. But as a comic, he was looking forward to the challenge, I guess, of playing such an enormous room to no audience. And he did point out that generally speaking, it is more fun to have people there when you're telling jokes. Yes. But he seemed really confident that they were going to be able to pull this off. And because it was going to be so different from what it has normally been, that that will actually make it interesting in and of itself. Absolutely. And he did say something in your interview, which uh, I loved, where he just said, you know, people are going to be hungry for newly produced television. You know, he said, we're watching 17-year-old episodes of The Bachelor. (laughs) So no matter what this is, people will just be happy to have something new. I mean, I know I certainly felt that way. And I felt actually quite moved like when SNL first did their at at home episode. Like I was just so moved that like all these people just got together and figured out how to make this crazy challenge work, you know, Mm -hmm. from their homes, just so we can talk a little bit about it. How will people be brought into the ceremony since it is virtual? So they're trying something really ambitious from a production standpoint where there are going to be 140 camera crews throughout the world, really, not just in Los Angeles, because many of the nominees and presenters aren't in the United States. So they're going to have people stationed in the homes of nominees and in the homes of presenters to sort of do a true virtual version of the show. Uh, He said that, you know, they're probably going to be less 
taped bits and things like that because it's so much more. It's really going to be live, live. So there are going to be these 140 feeds coming into the Staples Center that they are going to try to wrangle into some semblance of the show. And Jimmy also said, we're going to see him more than we normally see a regular host. I was wondering that because as you know, you and I have talked about just uh, offline, you know, often the host is there for the big opening number and the monologue, and then they show up here and there, but you know, it's usually presenter, 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 presenter. And then the host shows up at the end to say, you know, sorry, we ran over three hours. Good night. Right. There's no time for Matt Damon. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so those camera crews will be both the nominees. And then I assume like presenters who will. Exactly. And I asked him, are you sort of hoping that the nominees sees this moment for like ingenuity or silliness that like we'll be barbecuing in their backyards or their dogs will be running around like it just won't be sort of sitting on their couches or whatever. And he's like, yes, everybody wants to be funny. We are encouraging everyone to like take this opportunity to just do something out there because hopefully we're never going to do it this way again. Right, right. So like, let's take this and make it the most interesting version of this we can. And he says he has a lot of material prepared because usually, like you said, the host disappears to keep things running. But since there won't be a lot of bits or musical numbers or that kind of thing, he's going to have to do a little more of the heavy lifting. But I will have to say he was very chipper sounding about it, legitimately chipper sounding about it. And I asked him if uh, they were putting a kibosh or a quota on how many, like, I'm not wearing any pants jokes that people (laughs) were going to be allowed to make. He said to me, I mean, there are different degrees of that. Like, Let's say somebody stands up and they're not wearing pants and they've got shorts on. But what if somebody stands up and they're completely naked from the waist down? That would be fun to see. So I will not tell anyone what to do with their private parts. <laughs> That's funny. And I assume there's going to be some kind of delay uh, just in general. But um... in, in case, yes, that since Jimmy is encouraging people to not only be pantsless, but nude. Yes. I hope we see a couple people on the toilet. I'd love to see some people like in the tub. <laughs> uh, definitely want, you know, somebody raiding the fridge. It sounds like they will we'll still get to see the boxes of all the nominees. Right. So we'll still get like the, you know, five or six people in the little boxes. So we'll get the fun reaction shots of like people pretending to be happy for the person who won. Right. Which is, I think, the most fun of any award show. But I, I, I think that, that. Um, you know how people are always like, Jimmy and Susan, you could go to bed now. I want somebody to be sitting in like their kids' bedrooms and be like, I'm putting Jimmy and Susan to bed now. <laughs> like, take some of those tropes that we see on yeah, award shows yeah. and like play them out wherever they might be. I think that would be great. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about it, I do. You know, I'd love to see what Kate McKinnon does, you know, because yes. you know, she's quite funny. And Betty Gilpin is always so great. Betty Gilpin is such a loose cannon, too. Yes. She gives the best speeches. Yes. She so makes I- the best statements. And I'm also thinking, what about some of these married couples, people that are quarantined together? Will we see Nick Offerman and Megan Mullally do something fun? Totally. Ted Danson and Mary Steenburgen. <gasps> yes. I mean, it would be nice to see like some of these, like we've all seen John Legend's Oscar how many times now? Yeah, Like let's exactly. go into some new homes. I've got to imagine that Billy Porter, he always makes a splash on the red carpet, but I would think that he's not going to give up this opportunity wherever he is. Because again, it doesn't have to be in their homes. It could be like in a hotel or someplace where they feel, you know, if they don't want somebody in their home or it's not possible. But like, can you, I'm sure he's going to be serving yes. some kind of look. So I actually asked him this when I spoke to him for our Anatomy oh, right. of the Scene series. And I was like, are you getting dressed just from the waist up? And he's like, I'm going to look cute. 
So <laughs> no matter what he pulls off, it'll be interesting. Yes. Yes. I feel that we will be able to count on Billy Porter. I feel like there's like a handful of people that I mean, there's going to be pajamas. There's going to be, yeah. you know, some snuggies, maybe some slankets. <laughs> Are you snuggy or slanket? Because I know there's kind of like a an East Coast, West Coast rivalry. Yeah, a to, beef. To this. A beef. I a am beef. neither one of those things because yeah. I am a grown ass person that <laughs> does not I have a sweater. I'm good. <laughs> I've never had either, but I just feel like I'd like saying Snuggy better than Slanket. I think Slanket was Slanket. Is Slanket even real? Did she make that up for 30 Rock? No, no, it's legit. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. I feel like Slanket's more fun. So there you go. That's our beef, Kristen. You're a Snuggy. I'm a Slanket. Fair. (laughs) And with that, you need to come back post-haste after the ceremony for all the post-game highlights. With Kristen and I, we will be breaking down the snubs and the surprises and the wardrobe malfunctions and the technical glitches, which are sure to happen. And maybe the nudity. And the nudity. And maybe we'll have some screenshots and we'll figure out how to put that online. (laughs) We're going to be here for you, is what I'm saying. So we hope that you'll be here for us. Suddenly it's become the beginning of Friends. I'm not sure what happened. It's Jennifer Aniston. That's yes, who I'm blaming we, We're on. rooting for her and we're trying to send a subliminal message to the universe. Yes, exactly. So as a reminder, the Emmys are on Sunday, September 20th on ABC, hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. We hope you'll tune in and we can talk about it after. If you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to join the conversation, tweet at us. I'm at Kristen G. Baldwin, and you can find Sarah at Sarah A. Rodman. The Awardist isn't just a podcast. You can also find us across EW platforms on EW.com, in the magazine, and on social media, too. So if you want to binge more of The Awardist, you know where to find it. Until then, we'll be on the couch. The Awardist is produced by EW in partnership with Pod People. 